Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ernest, and in each episode, we highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. We're also supported by Visit Tillamook Coast, a land of ocean and forest just an hour from the Willamette Valley, that this winter is stressing the importance of being aware of king tides that'll hit Oregon's coastal beaches this coming January. The tides can be extremely dangerous and require extra caution from visitors. We'll talk more about king tides just a little bit later in the show. Finally, the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department invites Oregonians to explore parks during winter and spring to experience the beauty of these seasons. If you're camping, remember to buy firewood from the park or nearby communities to avoid bringing invasive species such as the devastating emerald ash borer into parks. This will help preserve the health of Oregon's forests for seasons to come. Learn more about protecting Oregon's ash trees at stateparks.oregon. Gov. All right, in today's episode, we're talking about the new trails, the new campgrounds, and a new era for one of Oregon's most beloved places, Silver Falls State Park. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. Well, in today's episode, the first one of 2023, we're returning to a place that this podcast has traveled before. Indeed, the inaugural episode of the Explore Oregon podcast, the first one we ever wrote and recorded, was about Silver Falls, just because it's such a famous and multifaceted place for recreation and history. It also helps that I live about a half an hour from Silver Falls and take my kids there all the time. So yeah, I'm a little biased in this respect. But the reason we're talking about it today is that there are a lot of new developments taking place out there. And that's the subject of a pretty long story that was just published in the Statesman Journal that I wrote. The headline of the story is actually that the park is entering a new era, which sounds dramatic. And there are some dramatic things happening out there. So we're going to talk about the new campgrounds, the new trails, and this new era in this podcast. So let's get into it. All right, so let's get into exactly what's going on. Like I said, Silver Falls is kind of entering a new era, and it's going to see some pretty major expansions with a new campground, new trailheads, and even new restaurants, lodging, and a visitor center. It's starting to look and feel more like a national park than a state park. And funny thing is, Silver Falls was almost established as a national park almost 100 years ago. But we'll come back to that just a little bit later. But let's get into the specifics of the new projects, which are all happening on the lesser-traveled north side of the park. The first project is a new trailhead and hiking trail that'll be known as the North Canyon Trailhead. The second development is the creation of a new visitor center and campground just across the highway, and it'll be called the North Gateway. So here's Silver Falls Park Manager Chris Gilliand describing the two projects in broad strokes. Over the next five years, we have a lot of massive um, capital projects happening in the park. 
Uh, first and foremost, coming up very soon, next few weeks, we're breaking ground on a new parking lot. So we'll have a new trailhead, a uh, new restroom, uh, paved parking, a place where you can actually pay and get your day use pass. And then from that trailhead that's gonna be built, you'll be able to access all of the, the waterfall trail, the canyon trail and the trail of 10 falls. Um, so it's gonna give people another access into the park. And that'll be on the north side coming from the Silverton direction. Um, so that's going to happen very soon. We should be completed with all of that by June um, of this year, 2023. And then over the next um, year to three years, so by 2025, we should, um, we're going to be breaking ground on a new welcome center on the north side of the park, a new campground, and a new trail access that comes across from the campground over to the, the Trail of Ten Falls as well. Now, the place visitors will get a chance to explore soonest, as Chris mentioned, is the new trail from that parking lot the North Canyon Trailhead. The trail is actually almost finished and I've been able to hike it and it's pretty cool. It's got two wooden bridges on it and leads to a striking new viewpoint of 136 foot North Falls. North Falls is kind of the powerful fire hose of the waterfalls at Silver Falls and this really presents it in a different light. The viewpoint hike is about a mile round trip, but here's Chris describing it in more detail. Yeah, from the start, um, it's gonna be uh, very accessible. So we built the trail to be less than 5% grade. Um, so that way people with um, mobility issues will hopefully be able to get to the first um, half mile plus to a great viewpoint of North Falls. And it's a very interesting viewpoint. You're kind of above the waterfall, seeing how the creek forms and then falls over the cliff, which is going to be fantastic. Um, and then from there, the trail experience is going to be a little bit different just because we couldn't catch the same grade to get down into the canyon. Um, so it'll be a normal trail experience that you would see in our Trail of Ten Falls. It'll connect um, to the north, the current North Falls Trailhead. And then from that junction, you can go anywhere in the park. Um, you can get to the Upper North Falls, you can get to the Perimeter Trail and all of our backcountry trails. Um, and then you can also get to the Rim Trail and the can like I said, the Trail of Ten Falls, go behind North Falls and go, you can go all the way back to South Falls and then uh, loop back to where you parked. The bigger deal, of course, is the new campground and visitor center. Oregon as a whole has really struggled to meet demand for campsites the past few years. And so this is a step toward addressing it. Well, it's one step toward addressing it. It would actually be the first new campground at a state park since 2013 and only the fourth new one at a state park since 1973. So here's Chris getting into more detail about what will be part of the North Gateway campground and all that comes with it. Yeah, so it'll also be on the north side of the park. So all of the future development is gonna be on the north side of the park. Um, that's where we have more space. Um, there's less infrastructure there now. Um, and so it's gonna be roughly, um, we don't have their exact numbers yet, but somewhere between 40 and 100 campsites. Um, and they're gonna probably range from tent sites all the way to um, our standard sites with water and electric. Um, and then the future, as we expand, uh, we have a potential to add more cabins also. Right now we have 14 rustic cabins in the park. And um, those are very popular in the off season too because people want to be out of the rain when they get done with their hike. And so um, as, as we can expand, we want to add more of those facilities that people can come year round. So an obvious question following all this news about development is why? Like, why is this necessary? Why do this? The answer is that similar to just about everywhere else in Oregon's outdoors, a lot of people keep coming to Silver Falls. It's basically bursting at the seams, especially in the summertime. Over the past few years, the park has seen between 1.2 and 1.5 million visits between day users and overnight visitors. 
That's almost double the number that the park saw in the mid-2000s and almost double the number that visit Crater Lake National Park. Silver Falls has become one of the most popular recreation sites in the state. And that's led to a decent number of problems. So here's Chris again. So right now, our main access point is to the South Falls um, day use area, um, and that gets a lot of traffic. And on our busy weekends um, in the summertime, and sometimes even busy weekends in the winter, um, we can completely fill up and uh, disperse people onto either the highway um, or they park in different areas that aren't necessarily safe. So we're, the main goal is to reduce congestion at the South Falls day use area. Um, but at the same time, we want to replicate the experience you can get. And so we're trying to um, get people that, especially that are coming from the north side, to have a first stop on the north end of the park um, where there'll be a parking lot and they can access all the same features for the most part. They're coming. Um, right now, we don't have a way to stop them from coming. And so our, our best approach right now is to mitigate and, and help put resources to making sure they have good experiences and everyone's treated equally and they're welcome. They feel safe when they're here. Um, we are spending more resources, I say now than ever, to maintaining our current facilities and especially on the trail that gets a lot of impact. Um, but right now, I mean, we don't have a way to stop them from showing up. We just want to make sure that when they get here that they're going to be safe and they can access the experiences they're looking for. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to hear from our first sponsor. When we return, we'll talk about a bunch of other new developments at Silver Falls, including a new restaurant and place to rent cabins, new food at South Falls Lodge, and the return of climbing 300-foot trees at the park. That's when we come back. I'm Sarah Melton with the American Forest Resource Council. I love the outdoors and exploring the forests near my hometown. My job is to protect our forests and wildlife. I work to defend forest management projects in the courtroom and to support the workers and agencies who steward our forests and public lands. Good forest management based on the best science keeps our forests healthy, improves wildlife habitat, keeps our air and water clean, and gives us the sustainable timber we need for renewable and climate-friendly wood products. AFRC is proud to sponsor the Explore Oregon podcast. Learn more about us at amforest.org. All right, welcome back. Well, building new trails and campgrounds isn't the only way to increase capacity at Silver Falls. Capacity has also been expanded by transforming the old lodge and conference center into a revitalized space known as the Smith Creek Village. It's a really fun spot tucked into the southern backcountry of the park. It has a semi-new restaurant called the Big Leaf Coffee House and Grill, along with 16 lodges and tiny cabins that are geared for families to rent. The space is being run by Brooke Gherkin and her partner Kyle. And here's a little bit from Brooke when we went out there recently. So the Smith Creek Village is actually located within Silver Falls State Park, and it's actually in kind of the southeast corner, um, kind of near most of the backcountry trails of the park, actually. So we have made a few changes since we've been here. We uh, transformed into a hotel and restaurant open to the public, rather than it being closed as a, an exclusive conference center uh, just to groups. And so uh, we are inviting the public to come up any day of the week. Uh, we're open for breakfast Monday through Thursday and Friday through Sunday all day. Um, Sunday, we just do a brunch until 3 p.m. When you finally arrive back here in this back end of the park, you're kind of in its own little, um, its own little area that's designated just for uh, 
staying over and staying and lodging and really enjoying the full experience that Silver Falls has to offer. Um, we've got dining here and um, lots of places and dwellings to stay in. So there's big lodges here just behind me for uh, like large families to stay in. And we also have tiny cabins um, that can fit a smaller style family or a uh, like a couple. Anybody who is looking to come stay any time of the week can come up, um, just book on our website and stay in any of the various dwellings. You can book multiple or just book a single cabin if you want. Uh, we do have a two night minimum and that keeps our staff working throughout the winter when we are slow. Um, the restaurant used to be called the, the Big Leaf Dining Hall. Um, and to my knowledge, it was the Big Leaf Dining Hall for years and years. Um, previously as it was the Girl Scout camp and then as it was the conference center and we transformed it into a public restaurant. So used to, you could imagine that it used to be just filled completely full to the brim with lots of um, girlish chatter and excitement, you know, over a, a shared meal. And now we've opened it up to um, service style dining. So our servers will greet you as you come into the restaurant and you can sit down and enjoy something at the table and um, we'll take care of you right there at the table. It's full service. So. You mentioned uh, just a little bit ago that a lot of people don't know about this they've been coming here for 30 years and you know don't even know this is so explain that uh, and how are, how are you kind of trying to let people know about it um well i think i think because it was because it was a conference center and and um something usually rented out just to groups um, i think a lot of people were mostly used to visiting the south falls district or the north falls trailhead um, but in partnership with the park we we're really trying to encourage people to make their way out here and to experience more of these backcountry trails um, visit us here at the restaurant and spend more time really understanding how big this park really is and what there really is to be to experience here um, <clears throat> and i think yeah as people start to really get out on the trail they realize that the, that 9,000 acres is a lot of space and so we do feel a little bit secluded back here um, and so I would encourage people to really explore the fullness of their state park spaces to, to really see what is really out there to be offered. Alright, I have to add that the tiny cabins look particularly appealing especially if you're just looking for like a quick getaway with a with a partner. They're really cozy. They're nestled back in this old growth forest. And it's just a fun way to experience the park. And I it's this is a place I had never visited before. So this was completely new to me. And I think it's completely new to a lot of people, even those who've been going to Silver Falls for years. Okay, now I'm going to go kind of rapid fire on some of the other developments in the park. So here we go. Uh, if you're like me and you visit South Falls Lodge, all the time. That's the, the main lodge on your way to South Falls in the, in the main thoroughfare of the park. If you visit that all the time, you've probably noticed that the quality of the food has increased, you know, pretty dramatically. And that's because the old concessionaire left during the pandemic and Oregon's Commission for the Blind took over running the cafe. Now, the commission provides jobs and services for visually impaired Oregonians, but the commission is also really good at running cafes in government offices. You can now get hot dogs, sandwiches, burgers, and just a much bigger selection of stuff at the South Falls Lodge. You know, it's made to order, and I can appreciate that because it's nice to, you know, come back from a hike, you come back to South Falls Lodge, and now you have some pretty good food options to have where you can, you know, be in there, relax by the fire, and, you know, put a capstone on your day. Uh, next up on the little news items, uh, I wanted to mention that Last summer was the first time Silver Falls had guided tree climbing operations. And 
Good news is, if you like that, it is going to return for the next two years. The business is called, very simply, Tree Climbing at Silver Falls. And it involves booking a trip and then using ropes and a harness to climb trees up to 300 feet tall. The Outfitter was on a pilot program last summer, but it was successful enough that it was approved to return for at least the next two years. Unfortunately, the horseback riding outfitter that the park did have uh, did not return after the pandemic and the Labor Day fires, so there is no guided horseback trips currently available at the park. Okay, let's see. A few other things I mentioned in the story that I'll mention here is that adventure races in the park continue to be popular. The Silver Falls Trail races sell out something like 2,000 spots every year, and that was again happened this year. And this will also be the second year for a mountain bike race. Chris, the manager, told me that there are between 6 and 12 races and events at the park each year. Speaking of mountain biking trails, the group Salem Area Trail Alliance has now established and maintains 10 miles of new mountain bike-specific trail at the park. It started this a decade ago when you were allowed to mountain bike in the backcountry of the park, but it really wasn't very good. And they took the initiative, they had this big blank slate and created some really incredible trails out there like the Catamount Trail, the new Roamers Meadow Trail. It's worth checking out if you like riding. I like to ride there when I can get out there. It's just beautiful. You're riding through a rainforest, essentially. It's really beautiful. There's few places that match the scenery and the fun that you can have out there. And I also take my kids on the Newt Loop, which is, you know, kind of an easier kid-centric mountain biking trail. I would mention that some of the Catamount trails that were burned in the Labor Day fires, it was kind of one of the upper trails was burned. Uh, it has reopened. Um, if you want more on the Silver Falls trails in the backcountry, listen to a previous podcast that we did with the president of the Salem Area Trail Alliance, and you can find that in the feed. Okay, so that does it for the lightning round. We're going to take one more break and hear from our sponsors. But when we return, I'll post our deep dive on just how Silver Falls came to be more than 100 years ago. So stay tuned for that. This message is brought to you by Visit Tillamook Coast. The Pacific Ocean's king tides of winter are one of the most impressive sights on the Oregon coast, but they can also be a deadly hazard. Visit Tillamook Coast wants visitors who head out to the beach to be aware of the king tides that are expected to hit coastal areas November 24th through the 26th, December 22nd through the 24th, and January 20th through the 22nd. When king tides hit, it's important for visitors to observe waves from a distance. Normally, when visiting the ocean, the big rule of thumb is don't turn your back on the ocean. In the case of king tides, however, you don't want to go anywhere near the ocean. Three guidelines to focus on include staying off beaches during king tide events, staying off low-lying areas such as jetties or parking areas close to the beach, and staying off clip and staying off cliffs that can suddenly crumble when hit by powerful waves. For more information on King Tides, visit www.OregonKingTides.net. Once again, www.OregonKingTides, all one word, .net. All right, welcome back. We are going to close out our Silver Falls focused podcast here with something we recorded something like four years ago, again, in our first episode. 
of the Explore Oregon podcast, but it's still very much relevant today. Now, this is going to be me and former producer and co-host David Davis talking about the history of just how Silver Falls came together and about how a landscape photographer helped save the park. The thing I find interesting now, and I mentioned this at the top, is that while Silver Falls never did become a national park, it's kind of on its way to getting there anyway. So that's worth keeping in mind as you listen to this park history. But first, we always start the second half with a good story. So let's talk about the man known as the father of Silver Falls. All right, so if you've made it this far, you've probably gathered two things. First, Silver Falls has a lot of waterfalls. Second, those waterfalls have really boring names. So South Falls, North Falls, Middle North Falls, Lower South Falls. I'm falling asleep reading these. But there is one waterfall with an interesting name, Drake Falls. It pays homage to June Drake known as the father of Silver Falls because, if not for him, the park probably doesn't exist. Yeah, Drake's family actually came to the Willamette Valley on an oxen team from Ohio. (laughs) We're talking real-life Oregon Trail here. He moved to Silverton in 1889. So Drake is an adventurous kid growing up. He would ride a horse and buggy from Silverton to what was then called the Silver Creek Falls area. There was no trails in those days, so Drake bushwhacked down the cliffs into the rainforest jungle, basically in search of the waterfalls people knew were there, but there wasn't exactly a map. So eventually, Drake becomes a photographer, and to get the best pictures, he cuts the first trails into the canyon. He became kind of the Oregon version of Ansel Adams. He showed his pictures to lawmakers or anybody else interested to try and get the area protected. Yeah, because while the waterfalls were pretty beautiful, the area around them was not really pristine. The Silver Creek area was pretty heavily logged from the 1800s onward, and local timber companies were always pushing deeper into the canyon to grab more trees. So Drake did everything he could to get the area conserved as a park. It was a a decades-long process. In 1926, he gets a great shot. A superintendent from the National Park Service arrives, and, and Drake takes him out on a tour. There was a lot of hope that it would become Oregon's second national park after Crater Lake. But that logging history is just too much to overcome. I actually wrote a pretty in-depth story about this and actually dug up the original report. Uh, It was written by Goff Thompson with the National Park Service. And he starts off by talking about how beautiful Silver Falls is, huge redwood-sized trees, these waterfalls. But then he comes to these important points, and here's what he just wrote. At one time, this entire area must have been a lovely thing. Unfortunately, the region has heard the sound of the axe for many years. Then he gets downright poetic, writing, From the brink of one of the best waterfalls, one looks across the canyon, up a slope that is absolutely bare except for thousands of stumps, that from a distance look like so many dark headstones. People just don't write like that anymore. (laughs) Yeah, especially in a government report. So it doesn't become a national park, and Drake was honestly pretty frustrated, but he kept at it. He keeps harassing any politician that will listen and eventually turn his sights on the first Oregon Park Superintendent, Sam Boardman. So at this point, Oregon's State Park Department was barely an agency. It's actually still part of the Highway Department, and Boardman isn't responsible for much, except for a few roadside picnic areas. It's pretty small potatoes. But he really takes up the Silver Falls cause. He raised money, he cajoled businesses, he boosterized, he did whatever was needed so the state could purchase the land and eventually turn it into a park. 
1931, he made it happen. Boardman and the Parks Department purchased 100 acres at South Falls for 10000 and 40 acres around North Falls for $2,000. So that's a pretty good deal for the crown jewel of Oregon's state park system. Yeah, and one funny note here that still applies today is that Drake was not really crazy about the park's original name. <laughs> yeah, so when it's established, it was actually called Silver Creek Falls State Park. Notice the extra creek in there. But Drake hated it. He thought that Silver Creek sounded unimpressive, like a creek's waterfalls, probably not that cool. Why would you visit? So they changed the name to Silver Falls in 1948. But do not tell the residents of the mid-Willamette Valley that. They will get angry. Yeah, actually, Silver Creek Falls can still be heard on the streets of some of the Sandyam Canyon towns today. And the name can actually also be found on signs along the highway pointing to people to the park. It can actually kind of be a contentious topic with longtime residents. Yeah, it's ingrained. I mean, this is one of those things that is deeply rooted. You can tell people it's Silver Falls and has been that for decades. They won't listen, and they might challenge you to fisticuffs. Yeah, if they've been calling it Silver Creek Falls since they were kids, probably not going to change. No. All right, well, that's about all the time we have left in today's show. If you liked what you've heard, check out our catalog of more than 60 episodes featuring Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places at statesmanjournal.com slash explore, along with Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. We'd once again like to thank our sponsors, beginning with the American Forest Resources Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for our environment, for our economy, and for the future. Learn more at amforest.org. We'd also like to thank Visit Tillamook Coast. If you want to plan a trip out there, you can check out their outdoor recreation map that shows all the places to hike, swim, boat, and camp. You can find that map at tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. Once again, that's tillamookcoast.com slash recreation hyphen map. And thanks to the Oregon Parks and Recreation Department, which stresses the importance of recreating responsibly and leaving no trace in Oregon's outdoors. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time for the next edition of the Explore Oregon podcast.